Welcome to the Editor's Note Comics Podcast. I think that this world, it needs men that are willing to make the hard call. Central Maine's best comics podcast, by default. Ain't no thing like me, except me. Here are your hosts, Zach and Jared. Matt's coming. No. When do we start? Hey, welcome back. It is almost May, but it does not feel like May. It is so cold. I don't know. <laughs> you always throw me because I don't know what you're coming in with. I like that. That's my favorite thing to do is not have. I like to keep you guessing. Hey. Hey. I saw a thing this week. That's how I like to open these segments, okay, apparently. What'd you, what'd you see? Uh, I watched the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers 30th anniversary special. I didn't know that was a thing. We've talked about it. Maybe we watched the trailer. I don't know. I, I don't remember. remember. No. It's awkward. Okay. Because oh, that's right. We talked like there was gonna be like no Pink Ranger or something like that. Yeah, because uh, there, there were kind of six main ones. Um, two of them are dead. One of them can't leave the state because of legal trouble. One of them uh, said they didn't want to do it because of money. Then backtracked and said it wasn't because of money. So that leaves two of them. Okay. So like the whole special opens up with like a fight with all six of them. I'm like, so only two of them can talk. So that's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But I mean, it's still fun. Like you know what? Like 30 years later. That theme song still fucking rocks. Boop, 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 boop. It, it's just all like heavy guitar. It, yes. it's, it's the same guy that did um, the X Men animated theme. Mm-hmm. Also, just heavy guitar. Like just, it's it's a good theme song. I can't help. I that. do love me some heavy guitar riffs. Um, but it's if I guess if you're still a fan of it, it's you know as far as I remember, it's basically exactly the same. It's available to you to watch people engage in fights behind masks. Like there was. The budget wasn't didn't seem to be that much different. Like I said, only two of them could be there, so they they get rid of the other ones pretty fast. Like uh, one of the ones, um, only one of them was uh, dead at the time. Oh god, I wish I had written down her name. Uh, the one that played the Yellow Ranger, she died in the nineties in a car accident. Mm-hmm. They kill her off in the first like two minutes. It was like dark. It's, that's <laughs> very dark. <laughs> that's kind of harsh. Oh no. But then they take out the other ones. They basically turn them into action figures. All right. But it's it's kind of exactly how I remember it was, which is not something I'm interested in. And I also haven't kept up with like the series since like 1995. So like all these references and like a couple of cameos, and I'm just like, I don't know who these people are. <laughs> so did the guy that looks like a like like poop was he in it? The guy that looks like poop isn't that like a mud guy? Like a guy's all mud or something? That was probably. One of the monsters they fought. I don't oh, remember okay. a poop yeah. guy specifically, but no, there was not a poop guy in it. Uh, I don't know. I just have a vision of like somebody that looks like like wet mud. <laughs> uh, the guy that played Zach is still in great shape, and he's still he moves really well. Like they had some fights. Uh, the guy that played Billy, you know, one of the two people they could do. Um, I couldn't tell if it was a wig or a really terrible um, dye job on his hair yes <laughs> it, well no it's one of the two it was either a terrible wig or terrible hair dye so you just you had, know. he had bad hair <laughs> yes yeah oh. uh, you be the judge it didn't really bring up that much nostalgia for me the, the closing credits did they recreated the opening credits but like with updated footage which was fun and there was one stunt and i feel so bad for this guy oh no like uh the disposable enemies are called the putties and they basically oh. you know one hit they die yes but there's one dude and they i don't know if I don't know. I don't know if anyone else knows this. Um, They have this one shot of this guy just like slamming his spine in what was absolutely not supposed to be the stunt. (laughs) Like you just saw it. You're like, oh, that wasn't right. Like that. Like it looks good on film. I'm like, 
that's not a stunt. Like that dude just got like legitimately hurt, <laughs> like in a big way. But it looks good on film. However, that stunt was supposed to go. They're probably like, let's hey, let's keep that one. Are you okay? Can you do it again? Can you stand? No, your spine is broken. Oh well, we'll keep it in the movie though. <laughs> Best of luck with the rest of your life. What is this? The crow? No, because he died. Oh, that's right. He did die because <laughs> he got shot. <laughs> yes, on the movie set. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's whatever. It, it, if you if you like this stuff, it's kind of exactly how I remember it, except the big fight at the end with like, you know, I'm a man just walking around in a robot suit. They did it with CGI and they clearly did not have the budget. It looked like CGI effects from 1995. Maybe that was what they were going for. That was the aesthetic. I don't think so. Uh, okay. Well, there you go. <laughs> I, I'll never watch it again. I can't imagine returning to this franchise again. If you like this stuff, I'm like, oh yeah, it's kind of, it's exactly what it was. It was so funny. It's like, you have these people who I don't think have really had acting careers beyond this. And boy, could you tell. Like, oh, acting is not our priority here. No, they're probably making a living <laughs> oh off going God. to cons because people are like, oh, I remember Tommy. You Well, he's dead. Well, I, they remember him. They're like, oh, they get there. Oh, you're not Tommy. You're also disparaging people going to cons. Like, if you, No, no, no. I'm not saying if, that. I'm just saying. you can get a character that people like and then you could just make your life traveling from like major city to major city. Or other countries just getting people to pay you to sign things. Yeah. That sounds fucking awesome. Oh, me. no. I'm saying that they're... I wasn't saying in a disparaging <laughs> way. I'm saying that they are going to make tons of money. Yeah. Um. Whatever. The Power Rangers thing happened. I watched it. It was whatever. If But I, again, if you like it, you'll... You know, if you like this... If you continue to like this stuff, you'll probably like it. Yeah. There you go. It's my general assessment of the Power Rangers thing. I was like, I watched it and I kind of finished it. I was like, like... It was a thing. It happened. I was kind of like, why did I watch that? I was curious. That's why. I was at least partially curious. It came out the same day as The Mandalorian, and I watched Power Rangers first, if that uh, gives you any indication of my feelings about The Mandalorian. <laughs> so you would watch The Power Rangers again over The Mandalorian, is what you're saying? No, but just in that moment, I was like, I'm more intrigued by this. You were, you were more sucked into it. You enjoyed it better? No. I mean, we'll get to The Mandalorian, but... Yeah. <laughs> All right, I don't want to... I don't want to... Just in that exact it. moment, I was like, yeah, I think I'd rather watch um, Power Rangers. All right. Which is <laughs> not uh, high praise for The Mandalorian overall but we will get to the finale because we got all kinds of stuff coming up this week we got the news of the week got weird comics facts we got sports reports we got a couple of reviews we got the mando finale we got the picard finale and we're talking the first big comic book crossover ever secret wars and your questions it's a packed ass show let's get to work it's gonna be kind of nice when we don't have um multiple episodes of television to watch every week well i mean it's (laughs) not gonna last for long yeah but still you know I'm, i'm ready for a reprieve on that yes me too All right, so let's just dive into the nudes. Before we get started, does anyone want to get out? It's time for the news. Well, CinemaCon is happening this week. Oh, okay. Uh, If you were like, what's CinemaCon? Yes, what is CinemaCon? CinemaCon. Is that uh, where you get cinnamon buns? No. Is it a con about cinnamon? Uh, What it is, is why you don't see a lot of people there necessarily, is this is specifically designed for theater owners film distributors oh okay they show them a bunch of stuff say like hey look at what we got like please like buy these products fill your theater with them so Mm -hmm. it's mostly there for distributors like some uh news people are there as well but it's primarily designed for theater owners like the flash movie is i think at the time of recording is currently being shown right now in its entirety and there's going to be some stuff tomorrow like Um, nda screeners I think you can do reactions after it. I okay. Uh, tomorrow, like they're only showing stuff they have like real faith in. Uh, tomorrow or the day most of you are probably like maybe after 
this has come out for most of you. Like they're going to be doing like uh, the Stephen King movie, The Boogeyman, is going to be airing in full tomorrow. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm not going to go into a lot of the CinemaCon stuff because it's mostly descriptions, and we we'll, we'll deal with them. Like the stuff will come out eventually. Like, there was uh-huh. a Barbie trailer today. Um, there was some Dune two stuff. Like the Barbie one, like the weirdest thing that came out of it is, I guess John Cena's playing a mermaid. That that's um that's sounds, weird. Sounds hilarious. Um, but until we kind of like actually see that footage, I I, I didn't think it was really worth talking about us. And now I'm going to dive right into talking about one of the things from CinemaCon. Who's who's the big act? Who's a better actor, John Cena or The Rock? Uh, probably John Cena. That's true. I did. I I can't wait for the next season of um Peacemaker. Peacemaker. If and. It's it's probably a ways away as James Gunn is doing uh, Superman. Yeah, but still, Peacemaker was hilarious. I loved Peacemaker. If that if that's so it too, good. like that's fine. Yeah, I mean, it, it had a good ending. I anyway, a, I had a great time. But there was some footage shown from the Craven the Hunter movie, which I can almost guarantee we're not going to actually watch for the show. Is that because <laughs> I don't give a shit? Was it was that the impotence for you? Um, tweeting out the picture of Craven shooting lasers out of his nipples. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I've made that joke before on the show. I think I didn't say it should be. It's not impotence. It's it, I, impetus. I, impetus. That's what I wanted to say. Not impotence. So what we know about Craven the Hunter, it's one of those like many Spider-Man spinoffs that Sony is working on. It's going to be the first R-rated one though. So that's a little bit interesting. Okay, and they're, yeah. Like teasing like bloody violence. And I guess uh, the trailer ends or whatever footage they showed had Aaron Taylor Johnson, who's playing um, the titular character, in a comic accurate suit. So I guess that means. Little ballerina shoes and a tiger print vest, and you shoot lasers out of your nipples. And a loincloth, too, doesn't Craven. No, he has wear a, a belt that's just like has unnecessary spikes on it. Like it would be hard to sit down with the belt you that he has the, on. Tear up the vinyl or the leather, the pleather. Whatever's if you behind will. you. And even like if you were sitting down and lean forward or like cut into your thighs. What if you have to like undo your belt to go to the restroom? Is that going to be a problem? But he also has little ballerina shoes. I mean, I think and he, shoots lasers out of his nipples. I think balance is important. I think we're striking a strange balance, but one nonetheless. And it was also revealed uh, the villain, and or I guess not the villain, because Craven is a villain, or whoever, whatever, whoever he's hunting is going to be the Rhino, but not Paul Giamatti this time in a big robot. Suit. Well, then I, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to sign up for that. Yeah, we're probably not going to watch this movie. I there has to be a strong positive reaction to pique my interest that's one of those ones like i can't imagine going to the theaters for that because you know that's pricey as shit now and i don't want it unless it's really good but you're also we have to buy guardians tickets tonight oh yeah it is literally on my sheet that has nothing to do with the news i just i meant to do it for like the last three weeks i keep forgetting to bring it up we gotta buy guardians tickets tonight when does that open may 5th oh oh so next weekend yeah close oh I, i know that's why that's why i literally wrote it down here we gotta remember to do that okay other things that happened at CinemaCon that was actually released, The Flash had its second full trailer. It was entertaining. I enjoyed the trailer. It's very melodramatic. Yes, but I like it. And boy, do they want to remind you that Batman's in this. Yes, they do. Did Batman, both Batman, did Keaton and Affleck get more uh, screen time in this trailer than Ezra Miller? Y- yes. And whenever he Pretty. was in it, he was being tortured in some way. Yeah, they're definitely leaning into the Flashpoint stuff. We've seen this before. Uh you know, you you read that story, but like Barry mm-hmm. loses his powers, and they show a lot of like um, trying to recreate the accident that gave him his powers with like electrocuting him. And he's all in bandages and crap, and like we saw that in the last trailer. So we're getting more of that. We talked about this recently. Like the Flash is like literally Barry Allen is the character that kicked off the Silver Age of comics. But in all those years, the only thing that people like <laughs> really remember is like, hey, remember that story from like two thousand six ish where um he reset the universe. <laughs> 
Yeah, oops. And then we did that in the TV show, and now we're doing it for the movie. And if you ask me, like, hey, what are your favorite Flash stories? They might, you know, maybe you could say, like, Mark Wade stuff or whatever, but it mostly boils down to this one thing. For, or was it 2000? Maybe closer to 2008. Whatever, mid-2000s. It's like the biggest thing that ever happened to the Flash, like Flash of Two Worlds, I guess. But it, it's kind of sad. I think my <laughs> like, favorite. This is what we got. My favorite thing about the Flash is the fact that he owns a cosmic treadmill. I do love the cosmic treadmill. But yeah, for as much as like Barry Allen's a big character, like what are the big Flash stories? Flashpoint. What about the rest? I don't know. That time that he like again, Flash of Two Worlds, where like Golden Age and Silver Age were brought together. But beyond that, it's like eh, you know, and the rest, and the rest, which is kind of sad. I do want to see Keaton in this, though, and I want to see Affleck, too. Like, I, I don't remember where I was reading it, but Affleck was saying, is like, oh, I finally figured out the character. Oops, too bad it's my last time doing it. Oh, well, you know. <laughs> it's so melodramatic, though. Sometimes and, you need that melodramatic. And I can't believe they're, br- I guess I can, bringing back the whole, like, you want to get nuts? Let's get nuts. Well, I mean, you've got to do the nostalgia lines, right? There's probably, the, you'll have the, I'm Batman, and... Oh, I mean, we already know that. He did it in the last trailer. Yeah, so they're just playing the greatest hits. Like, you would, what don't lie, the- <laughs> you would walk out of the movie theater disappointed if he didn't do the want to get nuts, let's get nuts line. Now I just wanted to be holding up Barry Allen, like, with a grappling hook, being like, you're not 98 pounds or whatever he said to Kim Basinger. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I am. Um, Although, I, I do love seeing the Batwing. That's cool. And I can't, I don't, have they shown the Batmobile yet? Whatever. I can't wait to see it. I will say this, too, about that scene in the trailer where he's like you want to get nuts let's get nuts he's a hundred percent breaking the fourth wall on that with the way he looks at the camera and the way he plays it oh i i love it i mean the the 89 movie is it's good it's silly it's good though i'm gonna go see it this weekend yes you are for free it's my favorite part of it (laughs) that's the best um in some of the most uncomfortable seats known to man like remember what was like sitting in the theaters before we had recliners we still do that yeah, the ones that yeah, the ones that just flop down. Yeah, velvet seats. Those suck. That's that's the only part I'm not looking forward mm. to. It's like, ah oh, man, I gotta sit in those crap ass seats. What if you brought your own ottoman? I don't think that would work. Why not? Because I, I think you would be blocking a fire lane, and that would be illegal. I mean, probably. All right, this is um, this is something uh, I was talking about with my wife. It's kind of related to this. Like, I'm excited to what? see this movie. Blocking a fire lane? No. Okay. I've seen a number of you know movies back in theaters at some point like i've you know i mean literally just last week i saw return of the king uh which i mean i've seen in theaters the first time around I have a poor memory of that we're coming up on the 40 year anniversary I, of return of the jedi i mean that's out in theaters right now not uh not near us but I, i've seen return of the jedi in theaters i saw that back in 97 when they got re-released so i've seen they came, those they come out in 84 or 80 uh 77 80 83 oh 83 so yeah it's 30 it's 40 years old this year yeah but I was, I mean, I've seen like the original King Kong and I've seen some like the old Universal stuff that I like. I was trying to think of like what old movies have I not seen in, on the big screen that I want to see? Bride of Frankenstein. I've seen that. <laughs> well, this is also a question for you. It wasn't for like, I kind of came down to like, I haven't seen the original Indiana Jones movies. Ooh, yes. Theaters. Like I've, I've seen Crystal Skull when that came out and obviously the one coming out this summer. But I, I was thinking of like things that I haven't seen in theaters that I want, would like to see on the big screen. I think the Indiana Jones movies are the ones for me that I haven't seen. I could do without Temple of Doom, but if it was like a triple feature, I would sit through it. I'd sit through any of them. Yeah, but like I just I've never seen those on the big screen. I would, I would really want to see though if like 
I'm excited to see Batman this weekend. Like that'll be. I haven't seen that on the big screen. That'll be a fun one. If I only had the one choice, though, it would be Raiders. If, out of the Indiana Jones movies on the big screen, Raiders, hundred percent. Well, I'm just saying for you in general. What's something you haven't seen on the big screen for a release like through Fandango or through random event? Like, what would you want to see on the big screen that you haven't seen? Ooh, that's a great question. I there's part of me that like I love the old sword and sandal epics. Yeah, yeah. Like you're big into like Ben Hur and see I. Like Ten Commandments. Ben Hur, Ten Commandments would be two of those that I would. And Ten Commandments came out before Ben Hur, so I have those. I have no real interest in like seeing them like on the big screen personally. But I would, I would like to see if I could see any two scenes on the big screen from those movies instead of sitting through the longness of them. I would love to watch the chariot race from Ben Hur on the big screen with the surround sound. Yeah, I mean that's a great sequence, no question. That's a tremendous sequence. Um, the parting of the Red Sea that would be fun to watch too. Uh, other movies I didn't see on the big screen that I'd like to see on the big screen. Did you see Star Wars back in '97 when they re-released those? I didn't. Those no. were like in quick succession. Those were yeah. like they were like two months apart. I would say definitely those would be on that short list. But I mean, I I saw the the re- that was like the the release of the remakes, which is fine. Like I'm, you know, yes, like I would, you know, I was tremendously jealous when you went and saw Wrath of Khan on the big screen. It wasn't like a secret. <laughs> no. It was just there. No, but I was jealous of it. I was like, oh, that would have been... That was a good one. Yes. That was a good one to see. I'd, I've only seen that once on the big screen. Hmm. Oh, actually, you know what I'd love to see on the big screen that I, I haven't? And it's kind of... I'm going to kind of cheat on a couple here. I'd love to see Godfather on the big screen, but I would love to see, in succession, Rocky 1 and 2 on the big screen. Oh, that's true. I'm, I guess the only um, Rocky movie I saw on the big screen was uh, Rocky Balboa. Rocky Balboa, yeah. But... I feel like Rocky one and two like are that'd be a fun one to see. Yeah, they're like they're two separate movies, but really they're one complete movie together. So I would definitely. I mean, if I had to choose between the two, it'd be the original Rock. Yeah, that'd be. I'd love. I'd love to see that one. That doesn't. I mean, why I went with like Indiana Jones for come my thoughts. Like, there's a spectacle there that I just like. I mean, Rocky is fun, but Indiana Jones has like the spectacle. You know what? Also, be fun to see on the big screen. Back to the Future. That'd be a good one. I'm, yeah, def- I haven't seen that on the big it's screen one of my, before. Back to the Future is one of my favorite movies. I'd love to see that on the big screen. I also would love to see Die Hard on the big screen. It's I mean, just I don't know. If, there's if, a if, nostalgia those, to that. If yeah. it was there, I'd watch it. But it, like, I don't. I don't have quite the hankering to see that. Like, it's a great movie. Oh yeah, it's a fantastic movie. I mean, the first. I like the first four. Yeah, the fifth one is a piece of shit. It's awful. I hate it. <laughs> but um, I still enjoy the first four. Yeah, Die Hard with a Vengeance would be a good one to see. I think that was. That might be my favorite of them. Samuel L. Jackson is just awesome. Pulp Fiction. I haven't seen that on the big screen. I'd like to see Pulp Fiction. Yeah, some Tar- yeah, some of those now early I'm, Tarantinos that I was a little too now I'm going to invest in a giant ass projector and kind of make a big screen. I know I've thought about getting a projector and like just like getting like a like doing it like projecting it on the garage or something. Ooh, yeah. I've thought about it, but clearly I've not done it. No, you haven't. I kind of wouldn't mind like getting some like really good like 3D audio headphones. And watching a movie like that, where you like have the headphones like on, and it's nothing else but the audio from the movie. Well, we've uh, fallen it, down a rabbit hole. I feel uh, like the flash I feel out. like that could have been the que- the. It's <clears throat> a good question. Uh, letter to the editor, right well, there. Well, that wasn't one that was sent in. Well, that was me. Well, I know, but and still. Speaking of Indiana Jones, the first twenty. We have a timeline now. The first twenty-five minutes are a flashback of ah. D.H. Harrison over twenty-five minutes, and the director is like, "Yeah, I just I went balls to the wall on this. Like, it's just all out like." insanity i love it 25 minutes i love it i hope this movie is good i hope this movie is great 
I love Indiana Jones. I do too. Oh my gosh. As we literally just discussed. But yeah, 20, the first 25 minutes. Now I feel like I had to rush through the news because we spent so much time yeah. on that. That was a great question. I could talk, I could debate that for a long time. <laughs> Speaking of a movie I would like to see on the big screen. Yeah. Oh, uh, there's a Ghostbusters character coming back that was. Oh, that would be another set. good one. Yeah, that would be. Revealed in set photos. Oh, uh, so oh Vigo? No, it's not Vigo. Vigo. It's not Vigo. Way better than Vigo. Uh so a Ghostbusters villain coming back. Oh yeah. Or antagonist, I guess you could say. A man that you could say Walter has Peck. no dick. Walter Peck. God damn right. William Atherton is Walter Peck is back, baby. Oh, that's great. That's right. This man has no dick. And uh, the set photos show him outside of uh, the firehouse. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> I know. I can't wait. He was such a great, just bad. Like, he He's wasn't so a bad guy. He was just like. He was the 80s bad guy. He was. Oh, he played it bad. <laughs> Didn't that's he also. All he, did. he was just in every 80s movie being an asshole. He wasn't the same guy though that played um the guy who gets killed in Die Hard where he's like trying to like no no he's not, he's not in Die Hard no he's not yeah he's back and uh, the set photos were like Paul Rudd and Ernie Hudson and motherfucking William Atherton I love it I know I'm so that was so cool like what a fun character to bring back he's he's one of the most lovable yeah. assholes just as an actor like it's that guy plays a jerk so well laser so light excited. show and hallucinogens I can't wait to get him back. You need a, a writ or a warrant or something. Hey, the Godzilla, King Kong versus Godzilla uh, sequel was announced this week with a title and a teaser, and um, I hate uh, the title with a fiery passion. Yeah. Godzilla X Kong. What the fuck is X? I don't know. Subtitle, The New Empire. God- Godzilla versus Kong? Godzilla times no, no. Kong? Yeah, yes, Godzilla times Kong. That's yes. what it is now. It's, it's, it's now a math equation. We're just doing goddamn Algebra 2 here. Godzilla X Kong on one side and the new empire on the other. Solve for X. <laughs> I'm going to make sure I X out that date on my calendar to not go. Uh, now we're going to go see that one. I'm going to X out that date on my calendar to make sure I am there to support my friend Zach as he watches this. I don't know. Um, the teaser, it's showing um, a different ape on some kind of a throne. Like, I haven't. Godzilla versus Kong, all these MonsterVerse movies have been like, they've all been okay. None yeah. of them have been bad for the three that are out there. They're just kind of generic, and I don't care that much. And I fucking love King Kong. You do. Although the last movie did leave a little bit of a sour taste in your mouth. I don't... I mean, some of them are good. They also like, destroyed the shit out of Boston. <laughs> yeah, that did happen. Yeah. I mean, I love the original King Kong. Um, I love the first Godzilla versus Kong, like the Toho one that is so ridiculously silly of like, how do we tame the natives? We'll give them cigarettes. Real thing that happened. Yeah. How do we get Kong off the island? I don't know. Get him wasted. Hilarious movie. And I, I know it's, I don't know. I don't know what the kind of public gauge on it is now, but I love the 2005 Peter Jackson one because that thing is mm. just a love letter to the original. And I am so happy to sit there for three hours. I get if other people aren't into that. I fucking love it. I don't care. Yeah. And I don't know. The other ones are weird to bad. Seen them all. I have not seen. Um, I haven't seen any of like the children's programming around Kong. Even though I knew someone who worked on one of those shows, but never seen any of those, so I haven't got an opinion. The dangers of nuclear waste and nuclear power. But this is like we're gonna find out more about like the history and blah blah blah. And like the press release, I was like, oh god, like okay, another one of these, I guess. Make it good. Just make it good because mm-hmm. they've been so generic, and it, it, they show like a, a some kind of ape on the throne with a different colored fur my immediate thought goes to son of kong um actually i like that one too i didn't mention that in the kongs that i like that came out literally the same year as king kong that's how fast the turnaround was said oh king kong is a success do it again 
literally less than a year later. <laughs> it's nowhere near as good, but it's still fun. Like, but it's involves um a smaller ape with a different colored fur, and he literally does like Skull Island collapses into the ocean. It's like the Terminator two like thumbs up is like <laughs> the island's collapsing. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, um, it's a fun movie. Actually, I, I like Son of Kong. Let me add that to Kong movies. I like. Right. But so I don't know. That was kind of my first thought is it might be like Son of Kong kind of deal. Because I mean, these movies are mostly recycling old ideas. I don't think they're going to do Mechanicong or Mechanicong because uh, they just did Mecha Godzilla in the last one. So that would feel kind of repetitive. Yeah. And also, that movie's not very good. It was about we built a metal Kong for what? Digging. Digging holes. That's what he's there for. It's not a good movie. Yeah. I don't know. Um, this. That movie Holes with Shia LaBeouf, not 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 fun. Tough. I, I don't know. I don't. Uh, I didn't like the title, and the last movie didn't excite me enough to get excited about this. But we'll see. Yeah. Hey, uh, Tamara Morrison, Boba Fett. Boba Fett. Boba Fett. Wow. Uh, he said he was originally supposed to be in the Mandalorian season three, and he was a little bit offended that he didn't get the call. He's like, I was just waiting and waiting and waiting, and this other like Mando guy just showed up, and he stole a couple of my couple of chapters out of my book. Hate that title for a show, by the way. Book mm. of Bofet, still yeah. stupid. But you know, I guess I can't say anything because I'm not one of the writers. Like a bantha. Yeah, your show sucked, man. It, yeah, they brought the Mandalorian in to save the show. And I liked Boba Fett in Mandalorian season two when he showed up. It was cool. Yeah. I don't need to see him in a back to tank all the time. Yeah, I just, I think it was just probably the poor reception of that series that made him not show up in this. It would be my best guess. And but and but, I mean, this also wasn't the best season of Mandalorian either. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I get why you want to come back totally, and I I get why you feel slighted. But some of this TV stuff has been mishandled a little bit. I could say. Mm-hmm. All right, last bit of ex- this one. You gotta watch this before it comes out, man. Oh, Strange New I, World. I tell you, you would love it. It's only ten episodes. Well, now that I, I said after Picard was done, I would jump into Strange New World. I think this in Lower Decks, man. I so will, good. I will jump into those. I get if you don't if you don't watch Discovery. I get it. That one kind of fluctuates in quality. All right. Strange New Worlds, Lower Decks, quality as hell. All right. But yeah, Strange New Worlds had its season two trailer come out. We meet somebody. We, we um Jimmy Kirk. What's funny, it, it was announced that he was going to be in season two, but then in the last episode of season one, he pops up, but then it, like it's this whole like alternate timeline thing, so like he gets to meet, Kirk gets to meet Spock, he gets to meet Pike. But then it gets all erased, so we get to do it all again. And he he was good as Kirk, and I'm excited mm-hmm. to get this guy in there. And it's this weird transition of the Enterprise, of Pike's Enterprise, where you're introducing these characters. Like, Ahura's in there already, Spock's in there. Um, some characters got killed off that will probably lead to the introduction, like, the introduction of the TOS crew. Mm-hmm. So it's fun. It's kind of like watching this evolution, and it's just an enjoyable show. It it captures the like that spirit and like this. I love the episodic nature of it. It's so good. And I like the Spock. I mean, like, it all kind of started with um, Discovery. They spun it out well. But he's just, he does it well, and he's playing that weird-ass lute again that he did in, like, one episode, I think. I am not a merry man. (laughs) Different lute. Oh, sorry. (laughs) We're getting there. Okay. It's playing a track talk this week. It's just fun. And this trailer looks fun, and I'm, I'm excited to get it back. Yeah, there's some funny lines in it, too. There's a couple of good beats in it. It looks like, do we get a time travel episode? Is that why Kirk is in that revolving door? I think we do. They have to, right? They don't have revolving doors in the 24th century. No, they had nice little doors that go, which is just two guys standing behind it. Yep. Which is my favorite thing whenever I'm watching Star Trek and they 
walk through any of those like automatic doors. I just know there's two crewmen like in cargo shorts pulling it open on either side, yeah. which is one of my favorite just like personal visuals. <laughs> like just two guys crouching, hiding behind things. Yeah. They're like, oh, look, that door is so good. I, I love the outtakes where the doors don't open properly. <laughs> They just walk through with the confidence that they are going to open, and they don't. It's a fantastic show, and this was a fun trailer, and it there's just everything about it. Mm. I don't know. It, it's a fantastic show. I can't wait for season two. It's coming out in June, so that's a couple of weeks you know, after Picard ending and the next season starting up. But basically, Paramount Plus is like, you, you want Star Trek? We're never stopping. Yeah, pump like, it out. Like a, a brief break in between things, but yeah, I love it. It's a great-looking trailer. Yes, I'm all in. Is that it for news? That is it for news. So Did you actually see that they had some a couple of set photos from the season two of Rings of Power? Um, yeah, yeah. There's there's been some of that stuff coming out for a while. I mean, it was on your website. Yeah, we see a sealed door. He's alive. Spoiler alert. No, I didn't do those ones. Oh. <laughs> so we're gonna move on from there to weird comics facts. Here are some weird comic facts. Prepare accordingly. I'm gonna make some weird shit pretty freaky but it's safe this week we are going to be talking the first major comic book crossover for good or ill what it has done to the industry but boy is it a starting point i i still understand what was so secret about the wars there were no real secrets yeah that's a good question thank you um, <laughs> but there was a because hey anything that sells well in comics and i've said this before and i'm sure i'll say it again if there's a good idea in comics they will beat it into the ground until it's not fun anymore so we have this to thank for amalgam pretty much is what we're saying i don't know what to blame on amalgam okay <laughs> but there was a secret wars too as, as we'll get into it later secret wars um th the main villain quote unquote is the beyonder except we never actually see him mm, true which is a criticism of mine of this original secret Wars series but secret wars 2 came out and the beyonder became a physical being which is impressive considering his powers were stolen from him by Dr. Doom. Yeah. But he goes to Earth and he finds Peter Parker Spider-Man. With the black uh, suit? Uh, no, this is after that. Okay. Um, and he makes himself human okay. or human enough. And as an, you know. That's how a, I feel after a night of drinking. Human a, enough. A previous omniscient being that had all the power in the world is now humanoid. Goes to Spider-Man and uh, he has a problem. He can't get it up? You're shockingly close. Oh, no. You just got to go back a little bit. He's oh. constipated. Oh, he can't He can't poop. He can't poop. Well, you know, if he was omniscient, he would have figured that shit out. Literally. Literally, Spider-Man in Secret Wars 2 has to teach him how to shit. I, nobody ever taught me how to poop. It just happened. I don't know what to tell you. Beyonder didn't know how to do it. He found Peter Parker in his apartment. He's like, hey, man, I got to take a dump, and I don't know how to do it. There's pain in my butthole, and I don't know why. This is a real thing that happened. I'm not making this up. <laughs> he literally went to Spider-Man. Are you looking it up? Do you doubt me? I'm not doubting you. I just want to see what people on the internet have to say about it. That's silly. It's dumb that he became human and didn't know how to take a crap. Did that, you say he didn't He didn't give a crap? Oh, no. He just couldn't poop. And then I don't know what he did to Spider-Man's toilet after that. Because <laughs> he, he was back. He, he turned that into planet. Um, uh, oh, um, what the hell is the planet's name again? Where they fight. Oh, battle World. Ah, yeah, he, he went up Battle World on that toilet. He had battle poops. Oh, no. And that's Weird Comics Facts for this week. Real thing that happened. Oh my gosh. As I start to type it in, the fourth one, did Spider-Man teach the, teaches the Beyonder to poop? Yeah, he did. <laughs> yeah, during Secret Wars 2, Spider-Man had to potty train the Beyonder. A ridiculous, <laughs> that's a fun way to put it, potty train. <laughs> ridiculous task that was actually the perfect job for the heroic web-slinger. He's one of the most, the day that, oh my gosh. Now I kind of want to see these panels. 
I don't think we're ever going to do Secret Wars 2. So from not taking a crap to the Grizzlies shit in the bed, it's time for Jared Sports Reports. He's running down the middle by the 50. He's at the 30. Bear tested. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. Oh, and they tackle him at the 40-yard line. It's time for another Jared Sports Report. I like that one. I do like in this. Oh, he had a fold-out couch that he has to fold down to talk to the the Beyonder. And he says, oh, we could go talk to Reed Richards. He knows how to poop. Yeah. You're stuck on this now. Uh, Let's see. Oh, no. Is it, I've been a rotten host. Is there anything I can get you? A drink of water, maybe? Will that relieve this strange pressure, the fullness I feel in my lower abdomen? Explain. Oh, boy. <laughs> right in, oh, no. Just call if there's a problem. He should probably have a warrior's drink. Prune juice. <laughs> the experience is consummated. <laughs> Did he wash his hands afterwards? I do like that Spider-Man immediately jumps out of the window and leaves. <laughs> I don't need to be here for baby's first poop wow yeah real thing <laughs> why was that a thing that needed to happen okay we're in jared sports reports now we're done with the poo talk <sighs> well speaking of poop getting released to new york actually it's not really uh hey, talk about aaron Rodgers. yeah the big well he's not really uh aaron Rodgers. the trade to the new york jets is official he's going to wear the number eight which is the number he wore at cal which is the, the, it was such a lame trade it was like and some picks uh, but a couple of them were conditional picks. Um, like the f- second round pick that Green Bay received becomes a first round pick if he plays sixty percent of the snaps. Sixty five, sixty five, which is going to happen unless he gets injured or anything like that. Yeah, and one of them, they must have a plan because like they moved up from the fifteenth pick to the thirteenth, so they must there must be something they're looking at there. Uh, yeah, I don't know. The NFL draft is this weekend. I haven't really dove into the big draft board uh, yet. I'm just saying if if. Packers like traded off Aaron Rodgers and and were going from 15th to 13th. There's, they they must be looking at something specific. Oh, I mean there are a couple quarterbacks in the draft. Uh, I mean all impressions they're going to go with Jordan Love. Yeah, apparently. I think so too. But it just gives them some extra draft capital. New York spent a lot of money on this too, so it's going to hurt them with their cap down the line. The real interesting thing about all of this though is now the Jets were going to be picking before the Patriots. The Patriots are supposed to pick 14th. Different thoughts about if they're going to go receiver, offensive lineman, defensive back. Those are kind of the three areas that they're looking. I'd like to see them go receiver. There are a couple of really good receivers, one out of Boston College. But uh, I saw a really good tweet about this. Wouldn't it be something, it'd be so Jets if they traded, you know, after moving from the 13th to the 15th pick that the Patriots get somebody at 14 that torments the Jets for the rest of their lives that they could have gotten at 13. But no, Aaron Rodgers. Now the AFC East says, you know, it's quite interesting. You've got you got some really premier talent at the quarterback position. I know there are a lot of people that are not still or, you know, have not regained their faith in Mac Jones. A lot of people think, you know, now that the Patriots are kind of the fourth worst team out of four in the AFC East, I still think they might be a little bit better than the Dolphins, though they still have Tua and Teddy Bridgewater, but Tua is one bad head hit away from never playing football again. Aaron Rodgers is in the twilight of he's in the back back third of his career, back quarter of his career. Clearly the best quarterback that New York has had in a, quite a while. Things change there. I mean, there's a lot of dynamic changes now in New York because that quarterback position is just crazy. Obviously, they're gonna go with Aaron Rodgers there at that position. Plus, you got Josh Allen, still king of the hill in the AFC East. So quarterback is gonna be interesting, although this is not the first time the Jets have gone to an aging quarterback Hall of Famer that used to play for the new or for the uh Green Bay Packers. You might remember a guy <laughs> by the name of Brett Favre. He also played there so it'll be very and interesting everything's going great for him right now oh yeah it's not not very not very good at all from dick picks to fleecing money during covid times 
Not, to be fair, I didn't know about the dick pic thing, and I'm not going to look it up. Oh, no, no, no. I mean, I don't think there's an actual picture of Brett Favre's Wong on the uh, on the internet available for consumption. I haven't looked. I'm, I'm sorry, a to Wong? Wong, Wang, Dang, Dingle, I, Pee-Pee. I don't think Wong is a... Pee-Pee? I mean, you're three now, but... Yes. I don't I don't like that you have your phone out. Stop looking up Brett Favre's penis. No, I'm not. I'm double-checking a name on the New York Jets real quick. Especially with the quarterback situation that they have going on there, uh, roster real quick. So, um, of course, their well documented quarterback controversies and issues last season. The hell was his name? Oh, it was Zach Wilson. So things changed there clearly because uh, I mean Zach Wilson did get benched during the season last year. So again, big shakeup. I don't think the Patriots are the worst team in the FC East, and. It's going to take a little bit of time. Is Aaron Rodgers going to really make a giant impact for them? Absolutely. But is he going to be – are they automatically a favorite in the AFC East? I don't know. The Buffalo Bills are still really good. Playoffs are in full swing and a chance here tonight, this Tuesday night, for both the Bruins and the Celtics to uh, wrap up their series, uh, both, of them play, uh, both of them in action tonight, uh, the night that we record this. I would imagine by the time you're listening to this, both the Bruins and the Celtics, as you – Zach looks longingly at his phone. <laughs> That's all the time. I yes. just get to skip commercials. That's true. You do. Elsewhere in the NBA playoffs. Uh, oh, no. Hold on. I'd like to point out, over the weekend, I was in Boston, did a little sports betting. I can see why it's a problem. <laughs> I would like to actively call out the Memphis Grizzlies. I had them uh, in their start uh, the, when they had the really horrific start against the Los Angeles Lakers. They got down like... 8-2 or something like that. I actually bet them to come back and win the quarter. They only went on to not do that, but absolutely get embarrassed. Still almost come back and win. LeBron James got hit in the crown jewels, the King's jewels. I, you know, this, this is my time. Oh, okay. All right. Let, we're only going to talk about the interesting series. Oh, okay. Uh, Lakers-Grizzlies is one of them. Um, yeah, Dylan Brooks is a prick. Like He's like, I don't know why you guys are painting me as a villain. I don't know, because of everything you do say and your post-game interviews are in sunglasses and a blazer with no shirt. You look like a douchebag. Sorry, but yeah. you, you are a villain in the NBA. You're like, well, the media does this. No, it's you. The things that you do and say are what make you the villain. You look like a prick. And yeah, he's like, I don't care about like LeBron. He's old. I don't respect anyone until they put 40 on me. Gets tossed out of the next game for hitting LeBron and what he did refer to as the crown jewels. And LeBron likes to put on like a fake air crown on his head. And I like that he put a fake air crown on his dick, which is funny. It is. Yes. Then LeBron only went and off he for also, 20 and 20 in the next game. Yeah. And he fucking schooled Dylan Brooks. Like the game where he got ejected, he was like three for 13. Yeah. Dylan Brooks is a prick. I can't believe I'm rooting for the Lakers on something, but it's like I dislike Dylan Brooks so much. I'm like. LeBron kick his ass. It's not good. It's not good for some of the top seeds out there. And so, I mean, Lakers coming out of the seventh seed, they're going against the Grizzlies. They're up three one. That's a fun one. But he might have in the Saturday night game. He had money on a LeBron James double double. LeBron James finished with nine rebounds and didn't really go after the last one he could have. My buddy got up, yelled at the TV, "You bleeping coward!" and walked out of the room. Uh, the craziest series, though. I mean, Lakers Grizzlies is nuts. The wildest one though is Heat Bucks. Yeah, the Holy Heat are shit. The Heat are shit stomping the Bucks. They're up three one. There's there were some injuries to Giannis, but like Jimmy Butler last night went off for fifty six, and they're down multiple players. Uh, what was that? I saw a tweet about something about Oladipo's out, Hero's out, and 
Jimmy Butler still goes off for 56 points to smack the number one seeded Heat in a 3-1 series. Can the Heat win the next three games? It's not impossible. By the Heat, do you mean the Bucks? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Can the Bucks win the next three? Not impossible, but aren't you glad that we didn't? Aren't you glad the Celtics didn't pick the didn't get the Lakers in the first round? The Heat, the Heat would have been a problem. I mean, the the Heat were playing like shit. Even like fighting for their playing spot, they were playing like shit. And like Jimmy Butler's just like, no, fuck this. I'm in the playoffs. I'm gonna kick some ass. I don't like the Heat, but boy, watch them. If they want to beat up on the Bucks, and then they got to go against like the Knicks, like whatever. Mm -hmm. Can I? Could the Knicks kick their ass? Yeah, that'd be. I would love to go into the Eastern Conference Finals playing the Knicks. That would be a dream. It would be. <laughs> oh, my God. And then the other fun series is Kings Warriors. They're tied 2-2 right now. And they're, I mean, obviously, like we talked about like the whole like weird Draymond thing, and but then like uh, the Warriors like win at home. So like these are fun series. There's a lot of fun games going. Even some like the less like series that like if you look at the numbers, like um, Nuggets against the Timberwolves, which is 3-1, but like some of those games have been like real battles, like real like wire to wire stuff. I've like I have no real vested interest in Nuggets Timberwolves, but they've been some of the best games I've been watching. Like I love the playoffs; they're so fun. Like it's it's just a good time. Yes, it has been a good time. Uh, there was a tweet I also saw today. I'm trying to find it because it was also I thought it was hilarious about Jimmy. It's like Jimmy Butler doesn't know who his dad is, but Michael Jordan had also spent time about nine months before he was born in the same city. <laughs> So yeah, man, I mean, it's and it's just so constant right now because I mean, this is I mean, not everyone's still in it because uh, the Nets have uh, got swept for the second year in a row. Go uh, Nets! Here we go. Here's the tweet. All I'm going to say is they look awfully alike. Jimmy doesn't know who his father is, and Jordan was in Houston for the All Star game nine months before Jimmy was born there. <laughs> it's just been fun. I'm having a good time. Great. Thanks for that side by side comparison. Yes. Um, I don't. Know. I'm just. It's a good time. I'm I'm enjoying it. Yes. All right. That's what I have to say. About All right. Basketball. There you go. Uh, Bruins with a chance to close out the Panthers tonight. Uh, oh, we had a goalie fight too. Linus Olmark. Yeah, he took some swings, but only because he got cross-checked. But whatever. There it is. Uh, Patrice Bergeron has been out, but there's rumors he might be back in the lineup for Game Five tonight. All right. We're gonna move on from there. It is time for the Mando minutes. Mando minutes. All right, Mandalorian has uh, come into a close with season three. Yes, uh, kind of. I don't know. There, there are good parts to this episode, but my big question about this whole season is: What did Dinjarin learn? How did he grow? How did he change? He's a dad now. Yeah, uh, that's not any different. They've been literally like people have been calling him, like his kid for a couple of seasons now. So mm-hmm. I'm looking at the character, like the Mandalorian, and like. They set up this whole thing of like, oh man, like you've been removed from our order. Resolve that in episode two. Yep, that was quick. Yeah, and that's about it. That's kind of his arc. Yeah, and he he still likes Grogu. No, 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 no. Yes. Well, yes. well, at least yes. that um armor that Grogu got came into play. It's true. It did. No, it didn't. Nothing happened. Well, at least that um episode with that like dickhead cloner really paid off. It's true. It did. No, it didn't. Oh, okay. At the end of this, I'm like, it, it was more of a Bo-Katan thing, and even that. It's true, like, it did. Well, I mean, she reclaimed it, and I have not watched all of the Clone Wars. We've talked about this many times. Like, I guess she reclaimed it twice and lost it, now she's reclaimed it again. And they're like, the Darksaber, oh man, this is such a big thing. Like, you need to learn how to wield it. Like, if you don't know the power, like, you can't even lift this thing. No, nah, it's just broken now, fuck it, who cares? Yeah, it is. Yeah, it did. God. Oh, wait a minute. Moff Gideon's <laughs> back to terrorize the galaxy. Yeah, well, 
he was in there for two episodes. They yeah. killed all of his clones, which I like that he was just like, I did like his little villain monologue. He's like, mm-hmm. you just fucking killed them all. Yeah. <laughs> all my babies. Before they had a chance to draw breath. <laughs> all my, all my me. We're going to drop a Star Destroyer on you. Is he dead? We don't know. They could bring him back if they wanted to. It's true. There's no, there are no rules. I mean, I did enjoy like the little jetpack fight. That was that was peak Star Wars. That for was me. cool. That was something different. We hadn't seen that before. But at the end of the day, I'm like, it felt. What had more false endings? This episode of Mandalorian or Return of the King? I, I don't. I just even though like this one was more enjoyable and like there was fun action in it, but I need what didn't I don't know. I, Din Grogu is not doing it for you. So now we've also learned that his first name is really Jaren because they're going with surname first. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I is that the way it goes across all all across the galaxy? Is Luke Skywalker's real name Skywalker Luke? No. Is it Kenobi Obi Wan? Because it's Ray Skywalker at the end. Oh, that's right. That, that was a thing that. Yeah, that yeah, happened. it did. <laughs> I think ultimately what I was what I don't like about this season is that it ultimately ended up feeling and you know maybe you'll get more people could get more mileage out of this I mean, like it felt like it was more like an episode of the clone wars where they could go like mm-hmm. you know we have long seasons we have a lot of characters we're going to do a couple episodes here we're going to do a couple episodes here we're going to do a couple episodes here like we still have like you know Anakin and Obi-Wan and Ahsoka are still like your main ones but you know we we have we have the time and the space to do different things versus the Mandalorian for the first two seasons was very much about the Mandalorian, and then this one was like, now nah, we're gonna like stop, start bebopping all around and doing different things, and it's like, okay, it doesn't feel like the show though. Like this isn't what we're here for. Like you're giving me a different show. You're giving me a flavor of something that already happened, and that's not why I'm here. No, and I, the ending too. I like, yeah, he gets kind of his current happy ending where he's kicking back on the homestead, and Grogu is playing with the fish or the frog in the pond that he's gonna eat. That he's gonna eat. Because he's a monster. <laughs> but I did feel like the landing was a little hurried in that all of the loose ends were taken care of out of nowhere. They were like, I'm going to take care of this and I'm going to take care of that. Like, I have a new marshal to hang out on this planet. And oh, yeah. And I guess yeah. I'm going to freelance with the new Republic. Taiko Watiti's back. Yeah. He's he's not dead anymore. No, apparently not. So, like, it just felt like their thought was, okay, we're going to tie up all the loose ends so we can... If it ends, then we can say, okay, definitively, we, you know, there's nothing left for Din Djarin to do. But we leave the door open a little bit by saying, for the right customer at the right price, he will do a job. Yeah. But he's into, he's looking to be in more honest lines of work now because he has officially adopted Grogu and as he, his apprentice. And he has had, you know, some growth in there. It's like he did, he had no interest in the New Republic before. He had no real interest in droids before. So, I mean, you could, I guess you could say there's some growth in there but it doesn't feel substantial enough to me to feel like i don't know I, I just coming out of the season i was like we didn't do enough to this character like this character kind of stagnated or just in yeah my view but you know enjoyable enough episode but just not enough for me to care about the season and you know i i did like the first two seasons so much i hope the next season's good yeah this one just i don't know they tried some stuff and it it didn't land for me it feels like they were also trying to set up like the Palpatine stuff and they never really, they like put it on the tee, but they didn't swing at it. I'm not about clones. I'm all about clones, but not about those clones. Never mind. Ho ho. Yeah, they did. God, just, yeah. Um, kind of a mess of a season. Yeah, it was. I'm glad it's done. I, I hope they uh, find better footing because I know, I think they already said like all of season four is written and now they're doing that movie. So, you know, I, 
I hope they get to stick the landing. Yes. And I hope that, like, and I no, I complained about this before, like, the Star Wars shows uh, becoming too interconnected with, like, dealing with Thrawn and, like, trying to introduce old characters that were in respective Star Wars media. It's like, I'd rather just have you focus on one thing and make that work. And you can have people yeah. pop up. Like, it was fun when Boba Fett popped up. We, Boba Fett? Earlier, but, yeah. Um, not a not a huge fan of the season. It, no. It just, it didn't land for me. I hope the next one does, though. Yeah. That's kind of where I land. Like anything we watch, I just want it to be good. That's true. Speaking of. Speaking of good, it is time to move on to screaming. That's streaming. So you're saying the universe created a sitcom starring two Avengers? Nope. We're screaming at streaming. So let's not waste another minute. Settle in, sharpen your pencils, and check this out. Picard finale. It's all done. There's nothing to watch on Thursday. Oh, I'm sad. I kind of, I know, I know there's been a lot of internet push for like, do Star Trek Legacy, do more, do more. I'm, this went so well. I'm kind of like, I'm okay leaving it. Yes. I feel. If there's more, I won't complain unless it sucks. <laughs> but this, this whole season was so good and kind of, I don't know uh, where your feelings like. This is just kind of a general thought. I and it kind of encapsulates my uh, feelings on the season. I thought this was maybe the weakest episode, but I think my reasoning for that is the way they set this whole thing up was this was the swan song and they were introducing. I love the slow rollout of elements mm-hmm. and like we get, Ooh, here are these characters. Oh my God, it's Worf again. Like, um, like we're getting this part and this part. Like it was this, it was literally like every episode built a little bit higher, a little bit higher, a little bit higher, but it was really building for like those high peaks was the nostalgia. Mm-hmm. That's what they were hitting you with. And by the time we hit episode nine, that's it. That's the peak. That's the nostalgia. Yeah. At that point, there's no more nostalgia to build to, which is kind of what the season is. And so by the time we get to this one, to be clear, I'm not saying this is a bad episode. I enjoyed it quite a bit, but it didn't reach those high highs because I didn't, there wasn't, there was nothing else for me to build to. The, the one thing I think, that I, I kind of agree with you because it's not that I left the episode wanting because I was I was extremely satisfied just by the time we hit episode nine of getting everyone back and getting them back on that bridge. Yeah, that is the like the high high. That was peak. the apex moment I think of the series. Yeah, and then like you have to pay that off, but there's you can't build on it now. Like now it's the wrap up. Like you can't build after you hit that. It it felt like it felt like it was t- a tiny bit rushed. The ending like. Like, okay, oh my gosh, here's the Borg, and we've got to go get Jack off the Borg ship, and the Borg cube was hanging out. There's a Borg cube hanging out in the giant red spot of Jupiter all along. I love, I mean, there's a lot of stuff they were like. I love the design of the Borg queen. Like, she is so fucked up. Oh, yeah. And I love, I felt so bad for whoever was in all that makeup, because the actress who played the Borg queen was Alice something, I'm blanking Woodard, on Woodard, I think. I think that starts with a K. Yeah, well. But, like, she got to come back from, like, First Contact and Voyager and, like, do her voice again, which was a lot of fun, but I felt so bad for the person behind all those prosthetics. Oh, that, yeah. That looked nasty. That didn't look like fun to be in. <laughs> it just, it, I don't want to say it felt rushed because, again, we got great moments. We got great things. We saw the Enterprise. We saw Data. I I do say that overall, I feel. Apparently, they only had two days to film on the D set. Really? For everything. Those must have been long days. <laughs> I will say this about the whole. I like Jordy getting back thing. in the chair. Jordy back in the chair. I, also, I saw one article that like, Star Trek Picard finally pays off this one thing. It's like, and Jordy finally gets to sit in the chair. I'm like, motherfucker, you see season one of Next Gen? Yeah, he was in the chair. Yeah. I love the scene where Beverly shoots the phasers. He's like, a lot's happened. <laughs> that was fun. I mean, 
There I, were a ton of fun moments. There was. I love a ton of good callbacks. I love um, Deanna. Like when Data's flying through, she's like, "Do I sound pleasure, <laughs> like, enjoyment? Is this, is this excitement?" I also like the callback to Nemesis, where she is like, "I have an idea of how to find them on the ship and get them there." I feel like I'm more satisfied and I feel more complete about this story than I did even after All Good Things. And I love All Good Things. I, I think that's a great ending. And I, and I also like Nemesis. I know that mm-hmm. a lot of people don't. I enjoy yes. Nemesis. But I feel like this is a much more satisfying conclusion for these seven characters. Boy, you never seen the D fly like that. Like I loved it. Like I yeah. like that was how like I you know I imagined it as a kid. Like imagine this ship just like flying through shit and shooting things like crazy. Like that's yeah. how you imagine it as a kid. When exactly. you watch the show, but I did kind of get hung up on. Um, I'm like, we're just, we're doing a Star Horse. There was a little bit of that. Yeah, we're like, doing a Star Horse. There was a little bit of the trench run into the heart of the Death Star yeah, too. We but... have to fly to the middle of the spaceship to shoot this one thing that will cause a chain reaction a to blow it all up. Chain reaction, nonetheless. And like, especially not that long ago, coming off of like Top Gun Maverick, where they just did a Star Wars. Yeah. Except they had to do it with two holes. <laughs> but like. It, it kind of that was a little bit of a crossing the streams. I'm like, I I like seeing the D fly, and I like Data getting to like just do his thing. Like I feel it in my gut, but I wish the execution of whatever the end goal was was different because my brain immediately just like a handbrake. I'm like, this is Star Wars. Yeah, when they like had the map out and the schematic, and Droid's like, not even my daughter could never. I'm like, oh, typical dad. My my kid's better than yours. But I will say. I love that we it completes a lot of arcs. It, you know, you've got Riker and Troy, you know, rekindling their romance, go, looking for places to go on vacation. Orlando was, <laughs> that that was, was a great joke. That was a really good joke. Like on, I, I know it wasn't Rise, like Rise of Seven or Orlando. Orlando. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> that was really funny. Uh, you know, maybe I mean, who knows what Orlando's like in the twenty fourth century? Uh, Data really gets his human experience now, like complete human experience, where he has. All of that for him to be like to say something like in my gut, like that's not a data thing to say. It's fun, yeah. I, I do enjoy the evolution of that character. I, I mean, Riker and Worf getting like one last act because those were usually the guys throwing punches anyway. Oh yeah, that was hilarious. The Batleft scene where he goes to pick up the Batleft and it like drops him to the ground. Like he's like, shit, I didn't know this was so damn heavy. <laughs> you had a phaser there the whole time. Swords are fun. Swords are fun. <laughs> I, I agree, Worf. Swords are fun. I also like that. I had a moment where I thought we were actually going to survive today. I like Worf ending with like Raffi, too. I really enjoyed that relationship this season. Yes. How about Worf just falling asleep on the Enterprise when they get back? <laughs> I just, it's just He's a tired old man. But then I, I also I love the callback at the end where they, they're playing cards. And the callback to there once was a woman from Venus. Yes, the great. Whose body was shaped well, like a... Well, I mean, even before that, I really... Um, I think probably my favorite scene. It, it, it was probably the mo- the quiet one of um, Riker, Picard, and Jordy like bringing the D back and shutting it down. Oh yeah, I think that was probably my favorite scene. It's, it's quiet and it's like reflective. It just like these guys that have just been doing this for so long. It was a great scene. I really love that scene. Mm-hmm. And I I knew that like we had to like shunt off like um, Raffi and Seven to like because I mean they're they're important but they're not why we're here. Yeah. And ultimately, the Titan did not a goddamn thing. <laughs> like, it shot a couple of phasers and had zero effect on anything. It's true. <laughs> so I kind of felt like their story got a... I mean, they, they get the payoff in the end of Seven taking over the Enterprise G. Yes. But, like, ultimately in that fight, uh, they did nothing. 
They but did absolutely nothing. I do like that they have set up a potential series on the Enterprise V with Seven and Raffi yeah, and, and Jack. I like, and I like all these characters. They're good characters. Oh, yeah. They're fantastic characters. I think also I love I love the trapdoor ending where Jack's in his quarters and then guess who shows up? I, Your boy Q. I love that because I mean, he had such a weird ending and we talked about this for the last season. It's like none of it made a lot of sense because Q's like, Picard, I'm going to do this to you. And then he's like, he has no control over his powers, but he's trying to do stuff. He's like, yeah. oh, and now I'm dying and we're best friends. Didn't make a ton of sense. But I, I do love the line of like, it's like, oh, I, I thought you were dead. He's like, you think so linearly. Like, yeah. Fantastic. Works. Perfect. Oh, yeah. Got it. Yes. <laughs> I, I did love that. And and also the the line the like, trial never the ends. trial never ends. <laughs> It was fun. Oh God! If nothing happens with that, that's fine. I yes, it's it still perfectly works as an ending. But if you want to give me more, great. And yeah, let's get yes the um end scene. There was that weird line. It's like Guinan's been giving us the side. I'm like, ooh, Whoopi Goldberg's gonna be here. Nope, nope. That would have been fun. Why would you say it then? It's so it was so distracting in the moment. Kind of a throwaway (laughs) line. Yeah, like that didn't need to be there, and it was just weird. Like Mm. Guinan. You're just off screen. You know, that reminds um in Boy Meets World, when they graduate from high school, like Minkus comes back. Oh, yeah. And he goes, oh, Mr. Turner. And he runs off. Like, it's the joke that, like, these oh, characters, yeah. like, just kind of randomly disappeared. And it's like, Guinan's over there. That's the same thing of, like, ooh, Mr. Turner. Yeah, exactly. But he's not really there. <laughs> yeah. So that was, um, I, I, that was, that was, like, my only, like, quip about, like, the very end. I also, I want to know what Data's drinking. He just has, like, a martini of some kind. <laughs> like, what are you That's doing? That's a good point. <laughs> But I yes, I love that. Like you could do. We go back to the end of all good things. I mean, I should have done this a long time ago. Oh, what a great! But we, but we get yeah. the payoff of them because that's kind of I don't know. It's a somber moment. It's a good moment. It it's, leaves you with a good feeling. But I much preferred them sitting there and playing the game and just laughing and enjoying themselves. Like oh that, yeah, that's that doesn't quite leave you with like the ending feeling of Picard's line and all good things. But just seeing them playing cards and enjoying themselves and that. Um, over the head shot, which I guess took like forty five minutes to do. Wow, I guess they were there for a while doing that. But yeah, that was just you know, man, it was good. The other part to it too, and this is my kind of my final thought is like the great connecting arc from the very first scene of Picard to the last scene of Picard. Yes, with um, they're data. Uh, yeah, playing cards with data, playing cards with data. I I just I don't know. I thought of the three seasons of Star Pre- Star Trek Picard, this was by far the best. Oh, by a and million I think miles. But I also, it's because it, it did what I thought season one was going to do and really play at my heartstrings. But that was like, season one and season two were like, we're tuning up the instrument and then we're going to play you like well, you season one. I was season ki- three. I thought the point of season one was to save Data. Yeah. And it was to kill him. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> the opposite of what I thought. But no. Oh, so good. So good. They land. I would say they landed it about as good as they could have with the expectations around it. Yeah, I mean, I like Seven getting the Captain's chair. I like one more scene with Shaw. I like um, Tuvok's back in there. Mm, like, there's yeah. just some, a, a, a couple of quibbles that I've already brought up. But over, like, this, looking at it as the whole, and, I mean, the bummer about something like this is, like, I, I rewatched the whole season uh, going into this episode, and I, I haven't rewatched the finale yet, but I, I will, definitely. Yeah, it's just, I mean, part of the fun of something like this is experiencing it in real time and getting those moments. Yeah. And for as much fun as like binging can be sometimes like that weekly anticipation, that build and everything like it just, it worked so well. And it's, it's kind of a bummer that like, okay, it's done. And there, there's nothing left to speculate about. It's over. I think that, I mean, that is kind of the hollow feeling that you have at the end of it, but like to echo what you said, 
with like Mandalorian, I was like, it felt like it was a, a task to accomplish for the show. With this, it was a genuine, oh my God, I can't wait for Thursday. And the first thing I'm going to do the moment I can, I'm going to watch this show. Mandalorian was kind of like, yeah, as long as I get to it before the show on you know Tuesday or Wednesday, whenever we're doing it, awesome. But this was like, got to watch it on Thursday when it comes out. And it felt like it was so long like to get back to it. It was great to have this show to talk about it and re-energize yourself for the next episode. And something I, I was talking about with my wife was like, watching this i'm like this is there anything else that could come back like even if it's as good as it can be is there anything else that can come back that i am going to like experience the way i'm experiencing this is just like it's not complicated and there's just a lot of joy and i'm just happy to like be back in this world like there's stuff that if it actually came back would probably be higher for me but they're never going to happen. No. Like, I'm never going to get Buffy. I'm never going to get Angel. I'm never going to get Firefly. That shit, ha- those ships have sailed in a big, bad way. Like, that's never happening. Because it's, A, it's complicated. B, like, people don't want to do it or have, like, weird criminal histories now. And, like, weird stuff like that. Like, it's, they're all so complicated, they will never happen. Yeah. Is there something, like, am I ever going to, like, get this again? And to... I don't I don't know if there is anything. I mean, you think back 35 years ago, like Patrick Stewart was living out of his suitcase because he didn't think it was going to make it much past the pilot. And here we are in 2023, you know, in the late 80s to now. And like, you know, it has staying power. They caught lightning in a bottle 35 years ago, and they were able to recapture that lightning in a bottle here during this time. And it's still like, and I know this is a, but I mean, something that I think we've really learned in the last 10 years, especially with like, you know, the advent of like social media and like more information coming in is basically anything you like is going to get ruined by someone if you pay too much attention to it. And this is still wonderfully uncomplicated. I, I loved some of the things that they did to tie up some loose ends. Like the even it was one episode, though, the Rolaren episode, like. For years, like that image of Picard just staring off after Riker hands in his report after she runs off to be with the McKee, and you're like, man, what is what is he thinking? Like you never saw Picard in all seven seasons like that. Like that, in some ways, I feel for him as a character was I don't want to say it was as devastating as what happened to him when he was assimilated by the Borg, but it's up there on his Mount Rushmore of traumatic events in his life. And to have him have the ability to have closure to it and have the the clarity of understanding to have that hard conversation with her. What an unbelievable I mean, that was that was one of my favorite segments of the entire season. Even think about like the original series. Like that I mean, unless there's shit we don't know. That one's it's not overly complicated, but it's still a little complicated because when you're watching that stuff, you just think everyone hates Shatner. Also like the thing about next generation to picard is in general the story arcs on next generation were really not long duration season long arcs like you'd get season long arcs in voyager and you get them in um deep space nine generally next generation was like episodic episodic you'd have but you would also have like you'd have the mid-season two-parter and then you'd have the end of season cliffhanger like you know times arrow um uh best of both worlds okay you got used to like this is the finale. You're going to be a two-parter. Yes, and you're going to have the... Yeah. <laughs> they trained you into that after the season three. But they would, as they built up their their world, they were able to reach back and pull back on some things. But this was like 
through Star Trek Picard, it was less episodic, more arc-based, but they were able to put in the episodic moments, which I thought was really good. Yeah, th- uh, this was, um, you know, for even some of like, the shakier parts of the first two seasons of Picard, the way it landed, fuck, I'm glad the show happened. Yeah. So good. I had such a, I had such a fucking blast just watching it these last 10 weeks. All right. <laughs> My last note on here is, Titan did nothing, but I already brought that up. Yes, you did. <laughs> All right, we're going to move on from there. How long is this episode? Long. I got my ass. Got some work cut out for me tonight. I got a lot of stuff to do tonight. You do. All right, we're going to move on from there to Jared's Reading Corner. It's Jared's Reading Corner. All right, here we are. We are talking the the very first big comic event, big comic crossover. Had characters crossed over to other books before this? Absolutely. Like... You could say there were smaller things like, oh, like literally every character showing up in the Marvel Universe for like Reed and Sue's wedding or like, you know, Batman and Superman had crossed over hundreds of times at this point and like Justice League and Avengers and blah, blah, blah. But this is like the first official like we're an event book. You're buying this specifically because we're doing a big thing. And you're going to buy one a month for an entire year. Yeah. Marvel Superheroes Secret Wars, although it's usually just referred to as Secret Wars. We've talked about it before, but I will do the quick um, obligatory recap. How did this title come about? Well, Kenner Toys went to Marvel and they said, hey, we want to do a toy line. And Marvel said, great. They said, okay. So along with a toy line, we want to actually tie into something. And Marvel said, great, we'll do a thing. And they went to a bunch of kids and they gave them a survey. And they said, hey, kids, what are the coolest words that you can think of? And the coolest words they could think of were secret and wars. Weird kids. So they said, okay, we'll just combine those two words into secret wars. How is it a secret war? I don't know. There were no secrets. It just kind of happened. There were no secrets. Yeah. Uh, so the very base premise of this is a unseen figure who will later learn how to poop, the Beyonder, mm. uh, takes a bunch of heroes and takes a bunch of villains and he puts them on a world called Battle, Battle World and says, hey, you two factions, you fight each other to the death and whoever wins, I will grant you whatever you a- want. Any wish. Like, you, you, you want it, you got it. All right, that's the basic premise. Jared's Reading Corner. Wow, that's a big pile of shit. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> no wonder no wonder the uh, the Beyonder had to poop so bad because of this friggin' book. I mean, okay, so I'm, I'm maybe being a little bit harsh on it. It wasn't... All right, so pretty much what happens, the you gave the basic premise, you pretty much told the whole story. I mean, there's some little... There are more intricate pieces that occur within it, but... You've got pretty much your superhero factions. Uh, you got X Men, Avengers, Fantastic Four. Some of the solo people like Spider Man are involved, and then you've got all the different their their accompanying rogues gallery. So you got like Doctor Doom for the Fantastic Four, Doc Ock for Spider Man. Uh, you've got Galactus for Fantastic Four as well, and everyone apparently, yeah, pretty much, yeah. Um, you know, Absorber Man, is, is over, Absorber, absorbing, absorbing. Got the wrecking crew, the lizards there. The li- yeah, so what's he doing? Nothing. The lizards doing nothing. He's going. Yeah, pretty much. That's his job. So it really is a series of twelve books in which each different book it just pretty much is a, like a culminating fight that you'd get in your regular comic book between you know the different factions. King the Conqueror is there as well. Gets his ass kicked real fast. Yes, he does. Uh, so Ult- Ultron. Ultron. Ultron gets-, gets his soul sucked out of his body by Galactus. And then Doctor Doom takes him over. He's like, he's my robot now. Yeah. And Ultron's like, all right. So, uh, but then you got some like weird neutral characters. Like Magneto was placed with the heroes, but he's like, eh, I'm just going to kind of be an independent free agent throughout all of this. And I'm going to like go where it suits me. By the way, there's some art in here where like Magneto looks a lot like 
Oh, sure. Ian McKellen. I forgot to look this up. Um, this book has the highest, um, we talked about this before, uh, comic art, the highest selling page of all time. I will show you the page. So uh, this book does, um, I think probably it's, Biggest claim to fame is introducing Spider-Man in the black suit. I was that plus we get Spider-Woman also gets introduced. Yeah, a version of Spider-Woman and she just kind of pops up. It's weird. Yes. That's my big thing with a lot of this book is a lot of stuff just happens off screen and they don't explain it. Again, it's, it's like, oh, Doctor Doom got his ass kicked by Galactus. When? Oh, we're introducing Spider-Woman. Mm-hmm. Why? When? And there's there's just a bunch of stuff that hop it, happens off panel and they never explain it. And this is early enough in obviously like this hadn't been done before but like a lot of times later in superhero books like we talked about uh i don't know last week the week before about like batman like oh something happened with tim drake well that probably got wrapped up in a different book that didn't exist at this point no it didn't so like things just happened and no one explained anything so this page right here about a three-quarter splash of spider-man yeah when he's like looking at the suit for the first time putting on the black suit for the first time it's I mean, it's, I guess it's an iconic page in the sense that that's the first time you see the character. Would you like to take a guess? Uh, at, this is the highest selling comic art page of all time. Isn't it like $750,000? Uh, Way more than that. Not $750 million. Uh, five and a half million. <laughs> 3.36 million. Oh, wow. That's a lot of 3. money. 3.36 million for that page. Wow. So yeah, if you're reading like, you know, Amazing Spider-Man or, and also Marvel. That team, line did get me, well, I'll be an eight balls uncle. What does that even mean? I don't know what that means. <laughs> is it because so, so, he looks like an eight ball because he's in a black suit with white numbering on it? Or is it because he did cocaine? Yes. I mean, Spider-Man gets the black suit. That's probably the big thing out here. There are good moments in this, but like a lot of it doesn't get explained. A lot of it happens off panel. A lot of it's confusing. Well, uh, I mean, some other like parts to it, too are like you have that int- that initial introductory piece where they're like you know captain america's like taking charge and I-, I can't remember if it's like the thing or somebody else is like oh wow he's really good at giving orders isn't he and the avengers like oh yeah that's what he does and it's like this to me especially knowing about the the toy tie-in to it it just felt like it was like oh you dumped out your superhero toys and you're making different fights and things happen throughout the course of it like it it there wasn't a ton of cohesiveness. The bad guy, like initially, we think is the Beyonder, but it really becomes Doctor Doom when he's able to steal the power and of the Beyonder and sometimes Galactus. Yes, but like, and then there's some real random stuff. Like all of a sudden, they just drop Denver, Colorado, in the middle of Battle Planet. Like, oh, by the way, here's Denver. We got to get that back. Yeah. Also, Doctor Doom creates two villains. Uh, one of them being uh, Titania, who you would yeah. have seen in the She-Hulk show. But he just, like, he's walking around the ship. And, like, he's Volcania like, is the other one or he's, something. Yeah. He's literally, like, and I, I tried to read back, like, three or four times. I'm like, he's like, I just have these women on the ship. And I just kept on going back. I'm like, where the fuck did they come from? Did you just have women? Did yeah, you just, just have imprisoned women? Where did they come from? But I think it goes back. <laughs> and he gives them superpowers. It, There's no explanation. Where did these women come from? It goes back to, like, the what they discover is, like, you can, you can make your wishes no matter what, like... Those things, like... That one really weird to me. I'm like, where did you get these two women in tubes? Yeah, exactly. They just show up. Yeah, things happen in here with no explanation. Like, why does, you know, Ben turn... You know, why does the thing just turn back into Ben Grimm? And he's like, everyone's leaving. He's like, you know what, guys? I'm just going to hang out here. Yeah, and that gets explored in the Thing Solo series. Yes. You also had, like, the scene, too, like, some of the scenes, like, early on in it where um, Reed Richards is like, oh, I miss Sue a lot. And then Ben's like, I miss Alicia, but she probably doesn't miss me. Oh, well. 
something um, this book does, and I think it does poorly, and it's something that I think Marvel Comics as a whole does poorly, and it's really kind of amplified here, and they've never done a very good job ever of really kind of unbalancing this of why everyone hates the mutants in X-Men. Like, it works in a vacuum of like, oh, people yeah. are scared that we have superpowers. But when you get them teamed up with other heroes who all have powers that have come to them through various ways, there's no real good reason like why the you know mutants are feared and hated versus anything else. Like why some are beloved. It, it doesn't make sense. It, it, and when you kind of highlight that and like the X-Men go off to do their own weird faction thing for a while, it's like, yeah, it doesn't make sense like why people hate the X-Men but like love Iron Man or Captain America or something. Yeah. And also in this case, speaking of Iron Man, um, this is a point in time when uh, Tony was out and it was Rhodey who was Iron Man. And art in this, it, or it's written by Jim Shooter, art by Mike Zeck. Jim Shooter is very white, and the way he writes um, Rhodey is a very white way of doing it. Mm. <laughs> Boy, it's, it's like everything he says, it's like, you jive turkey. Like It's, it's so not quite. You not jive quite, turkey. Not quite that bad, but it's pretty damn close with just like, ooh, you, yeah. you cannot write black people. But we... We also get like you know, um, Zaja dies. She like comes out of nowhere and then dies. Like, well. oh no, I want to talk about her because she's she's the crux of this whole thing. Um, it has great moments. Like, there's this one time um, they throw a mountain at all the heroes, yep. and the Hulk just grabs it, and like everyone's kind of like huddled mm-hmm. underneath it. That's awesome. That's a really cool. Also, moment. Also, the Hulk has changed a little bit after this. Like, he's no longer really like smart Hulk. Like Bruce Banner is able to control both. Like he changes pretty much out of this. Which goes down. Gets his leg fucked up. Yeah. But you also like mentioned like the writing. Like my one of my favorites is just like the it's running amok. Like it's not going well. Here we are. But I mean, it it just it to me felt like we gotta put all these characters in the same place and we're just gonna have them do pretty much the same things they're doing independently, but just crossing it over. So my favorite character in all of this, and I gotta look up how do you say this character's name. I'm not even gonna bother. Yeah. Um, is Colossus. Shows up with the X-Men immediately gets punked like he's not he gets fucked up right away and then um they're on this alien planet battle world and they find uh, they come across this woman that they can't talk to but she's a healer her name's like zaja or something zaja gabor yes zaja gabor that's zaja zaza how do you pronounce her name i think zaza is like slang for like marijuana okay cool but whatever there's this healer that they come across and she helps everyone including colossus but she speaks an alien language so they literally can't communicate and colossus is at this time roughly 18 and he's in a kind of relationship with kitty pride who like has a big crush on him except kitty pride is 13 and nightcrawler is like and colossus just falls head over heels for this alien healer mm-hmm. and nightcrawler is like oh no how could be unfaithful to kitty i'm like dude she is 13, 13. don't fucking worry about it but she ends up being heartbroken because of this. Oh, yeah, there, there's um, an issue when they go back to um, Earth later on where Wolverine and Nightcrawler bring Colossus out to a bar and Wolverine intentionally goes to one where the Juggernaut is so the Juggernaut can kick his ass for being unfaithful. I love it. <laughs> That's a great issue. Um, un- I, I guess not unrelated to this because it is related, but Colossus falls like head over heels for this girl. He's like, you were like the love of my life. But he's inner monologuing like a motherfucker. And this girl has no interest into him. She's like, Johnny Storm? He's hot. He's on fire. Literally, yes. He's on fuego, baby. And she's so into Johnny Storm. Like every what do you time- mean in fuego, not on fuego? I don't know what the fuck I mean. I don't know how. I, I tried a thing and I failed, apparently. But I love that Colossus just like keeps on trying to talk to her. She can't communicate with him. And she just keeps on being like, ooh, Johnny Storm. 
and it becomes like this weird love triangle. But I also love that Johnny Storm is oblivious to it. He's like, yeah, this chick's into me. What of it? Yeah, because it happens to him <laughs> all the time. Joe College. But then ultimately, um, Colossus like makes this girl like she gets feelings for Colossus as well. And they bone again, mm, as yeah. we mentioned before. He lost his virginity to threesome after beating up a T Rex in the Savage Land. I mean, as one does. He has a weird sex history, um, as one does. But then, all of the heroes are killed. Every single one of them. And this healer comes out. And she heals Colossus first, mm-hmm. and then heals the rest of them. But uses up so much of her power that, like, she dies. Yes. So the only reason she saved them all is because Colossus fucked her and cheated on his thirteen-year-old girlfriend. And that's what saved the Marvel Universe. And that is a weird plot point. Yeah. That I had that is nuts. That is just nonsense insanity. I had trouble reconciling that myself. <laughs> and then they're all there mourning her, and I'm like, I mean, I mean, the power of the power of, of sex saves everybody, I guess. I mean, when he turns into organic steel. Mm, I don't know Damn. how I feel about that. That was the thing with Domino once years later. All right. <clears throat> Excellent. Well, thank you for that. Again, Colossus's weird sex life. Again, I think the big legacy of this is not necessarily the actual story itself, but the... I mean, it hadn't scope. been done before. It's, yeah. it's, it's clumsy as all hell. Oh, yeah. It's but, like it's like almost like too much of a good thing, and you don't know what to do with all of the good thing. Like yeah, Doctor Doom becomes like the main villain in this, and yeah. you know they all. No one actually dies except for um Colossus's fuck buddy, and Denver. I guess they're fine. Yeah, well, they, they somehow get them back. Denver goes back. Can you imagine if you're just like sitting in your house in Denver, Colorado, and then you're up in a different planet in a different universe, and you're like, well, this is not good. That's skiing a- isn't as good here. Or or maybe you're like, wow, that was some really strong weed, <laughs> some really strong zaza. As I also the kids hope- call it. I think this would have been, when this came out, would have been the time, uh, I think Hunter <gasps> Hunter Thompson was living out there at this point. Oh, okay. So they're like, let's send, let's yeet him into <laughs> outer space. <laughs> How high is Hunter Thompson? Pretty high. He doesn't even know he's on Battle World. No, he doesn't. He's probably like, oh, this would make a good story. It Well, this is a very, very important historical item in comic history for, I don't know, event comics. I got mixed feelings. It kind of, it goes kind of event by event. I I think they are overused, definitely, definitely overused. And yeah. I, we've talked about it before. It's like civil, like this is kind of the first one, but like once civil war happened, that was kind of like the snowball that just like kept on growing as, a, as far as just constant, 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 constant. Like everything we're going to do is an event book and there's going to be spinoffs. It's going to tie into everything and blah, 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 which I hate. But it is because it's sold. Yeah. And this is, it's a big part of history, but I don't really recommend it (laughs) it's not very good but it's also it's hard to judge because it's the first of its kind so it's like you got to give it a little bit of leeway but yeah this book changed comics in a big way what your mileage is with what it did and how this is i and it's gonna gonna vary on you i it's a mess i don't even know if it's an interesting mess the pieces don't all come together it's interesting to look at it though i guess i think i come down again i think my my analogy of it's like you took you took all of your favorite toys and you finally put them all together to play with them, and you kind of just let your magic, like like it said in the book, it's running amok. It just kind of you all of a sudden take and you have you're trying to weave an, imp, an intricate web of things, and by the time you do that, you've kind of created an like a Gordian knot that you can't untie, other than to just 
cut it off and say, okay, it's done. Like, I feel like that's kind of what happened here. Like, I can tell you one thing definitively. Yes. I sure shit wish this wasn't 12 issues. Oh, yeah. It doesn't need to be 12 issues. <laughs> oh, my God. This thing could have been half the length and probably better for it. Yes. <laughs> As, you know, lessons we learn with time. Is it, I think, like you said before we, we started recording, is it good? No. Is it important? Yes. And I think that's the legacy of this book. If you're looking for, being if you like, want to spend three point three six million on a piece of art. Well, I mean that's also true. This is the book for you. But it does it does lay the groundwork for some important things. It changes Hulk back to more of the break smash thing. It sets up the black Spider Man suit, which we get the symbiont, which ends up on Eddie Brock, which becomes Venom. So there are some things that come out of this that do change the course. It did change the course of things that were happening in the Marvel universe. It did do that. I will give it that much. I think when we get up to the uh, Secret Wars movie in a couple of years, I don't. This will not be the basis. I think it will be more the Jonathan Hickman one. Maybe we'll touch on that. Um, Do we do that already? I don't remember. No, we didn't. I would have. We've done so many. Like, there's so much stuff. I like. I could just go back and look, but like, there's so we've talked about so many different things. I forget like what we've talked about and what we haven't. Well, (laughs) there you go. Yeah, that's Secret Wars. Um, fuck, that was messy. Yeah, it was. And I'll. Definitely read it again. I probably. I mean, won't. if you like Maybe. just if you like just senseless action for the sake of senseless action, this is your book. Yeah, to be fair, it's it's Mike Zach Ark. He's good. Yeah, I like his art. He's a great artist. It's good art. I mean, there's a lot of there is a lot of just I kept when I kept reading it, I kept thinking of the um, I think it was the Phantom Menace behind the scenes, like the making of, and it's like the first George Lucas presents the first draft of the script and he puts it on the table. He goes, it's a lot of and they fight. And like, or maybe it was episode three. I think it was episode three, maybe. But it was like, and they fight, and that's what I felt like this was like. Oh, all these things are happening, and they fight. Oh, we got it. Oh, we haven't fought anybody in three pages. Gotta swing a punch. All right, that is Secret Wars. It's no secret that I went to war with this book. <laughs> I, I don't know why it's called. It, it, there's no secret to it. Like they just get transported to a different planet. I guess it's more like kidnapped wars. Yeah, it's <laughs> kid. It's uh, you know, the gladiatorial. Secret gladiatorials. All right. We're going to move on from there. Last segment of the show. Letters to the editors. Other questions, number one. Damn few answers. Here's another one of your letters to the editors. Make it so. If you want to ask us your own questions, hey, send them in. Editorsnotecomics at gmail.com. To be fair, we're actually doing okay in the, the old mailbag. Oh, all right. Good. The mailbag <laughs> is that, that robust. D- I mean... You know, not forever. So if you got questions, please send them in. Yes. Like, keep sending them. But, you know, we're doing okay right now. All right. I like it. <laughs> the, the bag is okay. Got, mm-hmm. got a good looking sack. <laughs> you went there. I mean, your hat is all about balls. It's true. It is. Golf balls. <laughs> White balls that need to get polished on the green. Uh, yeah. Trying to get them in the hole. <laughs> okay, great. As uh, I grip the end of my nope, long shaft. Nope, 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 nope. And swing okay. it around. Well, there we go. We lost. No one's going to send in questions now. <laughs> No, the question is going to be like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> if you could choose the best and worst Starfleet uniforms, what would you choose? Ooh. I like this one. That's a good one. I like the um, I like the, the first contact Nemesis style That's uniforms. Ex- that was my first one. I think those are my favorite. I like that with the gray, the gray top, the black. They're kind of you know utilitarian they've got the red the color shirt underneath yeah you still get the the color accents under and i love that they um incorporated those into like deep space nine yes i think those are my high highs i also really like 
I mean, it's more movie ones, but I really like the original series, like the red ones. Like oh, the red ones with the, the red with the, the white. flap up. Uh, yeah, but I was, love those. Those but are great. no, the the undershirts were different colors. They had white, gold, and it's just white and gold. Oh, I think like the co- like the white collars. Yes, but I love those are great ones. I love those ones. I would say those are the two favorites. I like season three and on in Star Trek Next Generation when they. But I hate the early. I don't even love all the Next Generation ones. The, no, the early ones I hate. Like oh yeah, the weird flared pants, and I hate like the color accent around them. And I also like hate that it's like the mini skirts were weird. That's exactly where I was going. The mini skirts are just like okay, cool. Yeah, <laughs> ladies, let's and see those legs, ladies and gentlemen. I would say my least favorite Star Trek uniforms are the ones from the uh, the original motion picture. Those were kind of weird. Yeah, those are weird. I don't like. I, those. I'm not a big fan of those. The um the Enterprise ones are weird, like the flight suity look. I yeah, don't like those. Um, I like like the leather jackets from this last season of Picard. Mm, those like, are nice. I didn't. There was a flashback. I think it must have been in season one of Picard, where it's like showed like um Picard like post Enterprise, like him and Raffi, and like they had like these weird kind of like crisscrossing lines. I don't like. Mm. I get you were trying to update them. I don't like those at all. You know what else I like? And it's like a specific uniform that only one character got. I like Picard's um like sweater vest, his sweater jacket. I hate it when he had like that weird. Are you talking about, like the velvet jacket? Yes, they had? I, I like. Oh, I hate. I that. like that. That was kind of cool. I also hate when they had like their dress uniforms. Oh yeah. The, the, oh, with the where they come over and they have the long seam down the side. They almost. I mean, they looked like mini skirts on everyone. I but hate, I, I also like I love the dress uniforms though from uh, Nemesis and yeah yeah at, those yeah those white ones yes at the wedding Wait. also yeah yeah um the ones they had at the wedding it was also the same ones that they had in insurrection when they are going to the yeah. reception yeah those ones are okay yeah i, I like those dress uniforms i don't hate them or love them no. um i hate i don't understand why he had it like kirk's random green tunic that he wore sometimes on the bridge like why yeah what is this what's this random thing it's true i don't like those or the times like his like com badge would be sideways yeah those original ones they're yeah i don't I don't dislike them, but I, I specifically don't like that weird Kirk tunic. And then um, Pike is wearing that in Strange New Worlds, and I get the, like what they're doing with it. And they update it so it like looks a little bit better, but it's still kind of funky. Yes. Yeah, I, don't, I think. Yeah, I like. I think the the gray ones that came out of the Next Generation movies are probably my favorite. Yes. And they were like, "Fuck it, they're good enough. We're gonna put them in the TV shows now too." Good choices. What are you looking up? Uh, I was just looking at. Yeah. No, those next gen. The uh, not the um. The motion picture uniforms, ugly. Yeah, do, yeah, they're horrible, weird. hideous. I do like the red ones though, when they kind of circle like from Rathacon on. Yeah, that, those are great. Those are good, especially when like he's like, oh, which one was it? Um, which ones was Cybok? What does God need a starship for? That was five. That was. Five. I'm trying to remember the name of five though. Um, because six was Undiscovered Country. Yep. So Rathacon, Search for Spock, Space Whales, Space. Yeah. Oh, that was Voyage Home. Was that five? Goddamn, I can just look this up. hate that movie. Will I ever watch it again? I don't know. Final Frontier. Oh, yeah, Final Frontier. The one that Shatner directed. Yes. But, like, when he's putting it on over his shirt and, like, it's, like, buttoning up with it. I liked it. I don't, I just, I like that red uniform, the red top on there. But, no, I think the next generation movie uniforms were the best. Yeah, that's where I land, too. Yes. All right. Um, I don't know if I definitively said a worst. Maybe those... You know, it's probably the motion picture. Yeah, it, it's not maybe. It <laughs> Those is. suck. <laughs> yes. They're so weird. Yeah. And, we, like, and they don't fall within any... And they're so form-fitting. Yes. In a bad way. Not a good way. Yeah. All right. Uh, that movie. <laughs> All 
All right, that's the show for this week. All right, well, if you enjoyed the show, please go to patreon.com slash editorsnotecomics. A dollar a month gets you the show the night we record it, or the day, it depends on when we do it, but that date that we record it, the show gets out to you for a dollar a month. Oh, and uh, next week, hey, there's going to be all kinds of shit for you on the Patreon and otherwise. Uh, there should be a new Pod of the Dark Tower up on Patreon next week, patreon.com slash editorsnotecomic. Plus. Ooh, plus. 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 The return. A one-week return. Buffy back issue. The bin? Buffy back issue oh bin God. flies again. One more week because um, there's a one shot coming out next week that's supposed to be in the canon of the show, not like their new comic canon. So we are returning. I think if I can get it because I think I got it because I was there's no goddamn comic shop in this area. Gee, if only one had started one around here, that would have solved that problem. I think there was one for a period of time. Yeah. I heard about it once. So it's next week, maybe the week after, depending on if I have to get it shipped to me. But yeah, uh, if you haven't kept your eye on that feed in a while or haven't subscribed, yeah. one more ride. Yes. I saw images of that uh, long-heralded comic book shop in photostatic images once. <laughs> Great. I was trying to make it sound you know, more like important in the history of the world. Yeah. Uh, Buffy back issue been either this week or it, the, the book comes out on Wednesday, next Wednesday. So depending on how quick I can get my hands on it. That show rides again one last time. That'll be a hell of a way to start May by becoming a Patreon member. Get yeah. all that cool stuff. Yeah, and then if you want to, you know, third episode of Pod to, Pod to the Dark Tower, which will be dealing with uh, the gunslinger proper. Ooh, not the gunslinger improper where he doesn't use, he, he uses dangling participles and um, oh. dangling modifiers and end sentences with prepositions. That's coming up in the next week or two for b both of those. So, you know, keep your eyes out, kids. Awesome. You can also interact with the show by rate, reviewing, and subscribing on your favorite podcasting platform if you haven't already done that. And you can also email the show, editorsnotecomics at gmail.com. And you can find Zach on Twitter. Look up Editors Note Comics. Sometimes I'm tweeting about Craven's laser nipples. Mm, yes, you are. And you're there, too. At Junior Rich. I don't know what we're doing next week, but we'll be back. Yes, we will. Bye.